When I came to town, I was only supposed to be here a day or so, just to, you know, rest my horse and get on my way back to Fireport. And then, I don't know what the hell's breaking out in this town, but it seems to me that my help is maybe more needed here than it would be with my ma. So, I I guess I'll stick around with these boys and their crazy shenanigans, because they clearly need help. Tom, I don't know. He goes from assaulting a lady to raising people from the dead at the drop of a hat. And I'm astounded at what he can do. I just, I hope he can learn a little bit better, uh, you know, how to interact with people. And I know he doesn't like me because I'm, I'm, you know, half demon and all, but I hadn't done anything to, uh, anything to him or his crew or anybody in this town. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, after I was done wrestling that changeling from the consortium, and I wrestled his ass back over here to Tom, you would think that Tom would maybe be a bit more impressed, but so it goes, I guess. I'll just have to keep trying to uh, make him like me. But he at least was able to raise Deputy Portnoy from after he jumped out the church. That was whew, that was quite the miracle. I'm, I'm quite impressed. And I think most of the townsfolk are, too. He should be able to do most of what he needs to do if they are uh, any kind of a believing folk. And it looks like Folkstone with whatever it was he was working on. Hopefully we can track him down in a little bit, but Igmit still disappeared. I guess he's off talking to Rachel? I guess that's who it was? I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what all he learned. Uh, but yeah, I, I just hope that we can uh, come to some kind of conclusion, because these... The things that we're finding are just making things even more concerning. I gotta figure out a way to get Tom more on my side. Hmm. I'll get there. There's gotta be something. has left Rebecca's house, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so where would you be heading then after that? 
I would be heading into town to find the boys. Any specific destination? I'm going to I'm going to go to the deputy's office. Okay. Um so I would think that probably as you're well go ahead and make me a perception check as you're making your way through the town square. 15 yeah, you would you would notice Alivari and Tom are are dragging this gray-skinned creature um, into the crossing house. Mostly Alivari, because you know it's Tom and <laughs> right. Okay. He got distracted by some bird flying by. <laughs> <laughs> what what in tarnation you got there? Oh, hey. Uh... What does the doppelganger look like right now? It's 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 in its uh, pale kind of tall lanky form where it's got you know almost kind of like a featureless face with just these black deep pools there. Um, you know it, it doesn't really have much of a mouth or I'm sorry much of a nose like there's just like these slits where it would be and its mouth is is almost non-existent. Um, but yeah, it's it's in its like tall gray doppelganger form. They caught Voldemort. I mean, that's what doppelgangers look like is kind of like Voldemort. Let's be honest. I turn around and say, we finally caught you, Igmit. We? (laughs) You mean... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Wesley. That was just too good. (laughs) That's the the thing that can look like me. Um, I'm going to approach it and get... Uh, as as close to it as I can. I mean, they're holding it, so it's super easy. Yeah, um, drawing my tomahawk. That's, uh, 14 to hit. What are you doing? aiming for its neck. No! I contest that. Can I make a dexterity protection throw? (laughs) I won't let you do it, but I'll let, I'll let Alvari, uh, just do an opposed, uh, dexterity attack. Well, that's 11. <laughs> All right. So go ahead and roll damage there, Igmit. 20. 20 damage? Yep. With a okay. tomahawk? Yes, 3d8 <laughs> plus 5. So. Fuck, man. Fucking uh, Igmit marches over there with fury in his eyes and just pulls the tomahawk from his belt, saying not a word to you. And Alivari, you see him start to swing it, and you try and reach your hand out to bat it aside, but you're not quick enough. Igmit's rage is moving so very swiftly, and it cleaves deeply into this creature's neck, sending out a gout of blood, and you can see that its head looks almost like a Pez dispenser, just kind of hanging there, just sort of open almost. Except for there's no delicious candy inside. Just a bunch of its lifeblood blood spilling and everywhere. What the fuck are you doing? No! It's a shape-shifting demon. It's been terrorizing the town. It's been acting like me. And um, I take another swing at it to try and take the head. Uh, Jesus! I that? Um, I'm I- going to uh, grapple... I'm gonna drop the doppelganger and grapple. It's west. dead. Make me, uh, make me an athletics, then Olivari and uh, Igmit. You also make me an athletics. <sighs> this is not the I'm way just... I like to wrestle, boys. That's a good <laughs> twenty. <laughs> 
I'm just staring down at the corpse, completely <laughs> deflated. Yeah, that's a 11. Okay, so you try and, like, reach out and, and grab onto Igmet, and basically you're kind of hanging onto one of his arms, and it's just moving freely as though your weight does not even matter to it at all. Like, <laughs> Igmet is a large, strong, and angry creature right now, and it is... <laughs> So yeah, you can you can go ahead and you don't even have to roll for me, Igmet. This thing is dead, and you just cleave down one more time with your tomahawk and take off that last flap of skin, and you see its head sort of just rolls away a little bit from the force, and uh, it it sort of plants itself in the dirt, facing up at you, and you can just see these dead black pools staring at you, and its its tongue kind of lolling out of the side of its mouth. Nice. I'm gonna grab the head. <laughs> I, I I went through a lot of work to try to get this boy over here. This this thing yeah. is owned by the consortium, and you just brought him down on our heads. He was already attacking us. Wait, 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 wait. He Did was a consortium. Yes. God damn it. This creature belonged to the consortium, and you just fucking killed him. Well, it good. We don't know what he could be telling them. Now, somebody go get old man Portnoy right now. Tom? Tom? I start walking to the crossing house. <laughs> I also walk to the crossing house. I'm done right, with you, um, Igmet. <laughs> I'm going to inspect the body. You can you can see that uh, that the the collar that was was around its neck. Um, you can see that there are like these these barbs almost that are that are implanted into the neck, like sort of holding this collar in place. And you can also see mm. this oak tree tattoo on the front of its chest. Um, other than that, it's it's just wearing sort of tattered pants, and that's it. Um, it's it's very. Uh, like, it doesn't have anything on it other than the collar. Um, can I make a strength check to try and drag this thing over where I'm going? You're more than strong enough. You don't even have to roll. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to start dragging it to the um, to Old Man Portnoy's. Okay. You, uh, you start dragging it to Old Man Portnoy's. I'm going to pause on you for a second, and we're going to go... Uh, <laughs> to what Tom and Alivari are going to be talking about as they walk into the crossing house because what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Is Falk at the bar? No, I'm at, I'm at one of the tables. I just got served oh, okay. some soup. As you guys walk <laughs> in, like, uh, I'm sure you haven't walked in yet, but when exactly when you do, I will have just been like putting my uh, little napkin down and everything and the first spoonful of soup will be like going down into the bowl right as you guys walk in <laughs> okay <laughs> um, uh. the first the first thing I want to do is walk up to the bar and order a drink I'll just hold up my two fingers I'm fuming yeah she pulls out two glasses and uh, pours some whiskey and both of them for you guys and slides them over to Tom to bring over to y'all. Because um, I assume that you're going to wait by the table where uh, Falk is at then? Yeah, I reach for the bottle too. She nods and uh, just kind of waves her hand at you like, don't even worry about it. And then I sit down next to Falk. 
So like the spoon is almost to my lips as I see him sit down <laughs> and then I put it back down into the bowl and like kind of look at him uh, inquisitively as to what's going on. <sighs> I sit down too. And then I glance over to her and I'm like looking between them two, like darting back and forth with my eyes like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your friend, Igmet, just killed the only thing that could tell us more about what's going on with a consortium in this town. Oh, so a lot happened while I was uh, indisposed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I caught the thing that was Igmet, and I made it be not Igmet anymore. And it turned out that it was a doppelganger. And then, as I was dragging it over here to show to you, and we were going to try to question it to figure out what in the hell it was doing here, Igmet came out of, out of nowhere and took its head off. Okay. Um, well, that's a lot to take in. Uh, anything else happen? They had a conversation with the weird spiritual voice in the sky. All right. Well, it's good that, you know, that sort of thing's been going around. And then there was Portnoy up on the roof, too. And you brought him back to life after he fell down. <laughs> and the people may or may not be praising Tom as a savior. Because he was able to bring him back to life. So there was that, too. So, let me get this straight. <laughs> Portnoy was on the roof of the church, and then he jumped off, and Tom had to revive him. Everybody thinks he's a hero. And then you captured the fake Igmet, who ended up not being Igmet at all, but then Igmet killed that fake Igmet. Oh, yeah. And then, um, I, I found Tom originally. He was being carted off over to the, the sheriff's office because apparently he attacked some lady in her home. I <clears throat> I don't know what happened there. He'll have to tell you about that part. We were just going to have a discussion till she shot Igmet. <laughs> well, but why was she aiming a gun at you? Falk, there's something going on in Marie's house. I couldn't detect what it was, but it didn't seem good. Uh, can't elaborate on that? As far as I could tell, there was an illusion spell going on in her main room. I think she's hiding something. I also think... I have a feeling she still loves Elmer Fillmore. <laughs> well, I think that's even worse than the illusion spell. <laughs> I thought she would turn on him in an instant, given how she's thrown her fits outside of his mansion and everything, but she wouldn't do it. She seemed protective of him to some degree. Yeah, if you haven't noticed, everybody's been protective of him. You don't suppose he's got some kind of thrall over this town? I look around. Is there anyone else around? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the color of that thrall is green. There's a few miners that are drinking at the bar, um, and then Polly's at the bar, and she's, you know, just kind of sitting there tapping her fingers on the bar and not really doing a whole lot of anything. But they don't really seem to pay be paying you guys much mind. Oh, good. I don't know how much you've gathered about this, <clears throat> but when I spoke with the strange being in the sky, he basically told me that all the magic that's been going on is being done to heal the weave all the blood sacrifices everything 
Yeah. Yeah, when I was, uh, I kind of looked down as I'd say, you know, um, I, I talked to something too. I'm not sure quite what it was. But, um, yeah, they, they told me about just as much. And, uh, kept on going on about some person named Pendleton or Battlebrine or something like that. And, uh, yeah, this, this problem has been going on for much longer than than any of us have been around and I don't know why everything's starting to to come to a head now. Makes me think that the only reason to free that elf lady is so that there's more magic swirling around and it seems like everything we do requires a blood sacrifice. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, (laughs) when we were in the mines, uh, you know, we had to you know, another big magical being say that we had to sacrifice somebody to let an elf matron go that's been dead for thousands of years and and stuff. And she's got a half spider body and was, you know, naked from the waist up. And, uh, you know, Tom seemed to have kind of a liking to her or something like that. He was whispering in her ear or something like that, he said. and uh, I was the only one who could communicate with her. It was simply a matter of circumstance. Yeah, you know, he's got a way with communicating with women, you know. <laughs> Clearly he knows how to talk to the ladies. That's why he had a gun in his back. In any case, feels like we're in a sick game of tug-of-war. Yeah, I'm just not sure if these uh, these sort of deals were, were that are being put before us are, are really anything other than... Um, you know, we can't exactly take him at face value. I mean, maybe it's the way to go, but I think we should exhaust some other options before we go down there. So, so you did, Rear, or you're still thinking about it? This elf lady. I kind of look over at Tom to look at what, you know, the expression on his face, what it is. Kind of grim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Uh, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> But, but, you know, uh, I, I was considering a lot more before that, uh, that thing that turned into a, a big pile of zombies into a, a giant thing. You know, the thing that killed me. Uh, before that thing offer, offered us a deal to do that very thing, um, I was considering it, but I'm, now I'm kind of not. Okay, so right now on the table, you have the possibility of going in... Raising some elf spider lady, and then there's the the zombie one that wanted you to. We we don't really know. He's just saying that there's there's a sacrifice has got to be made to to keep the the weave in place. Am I getting it? Yeah, that's about right. I'm afraid so. There's also a dragon. A what? A dragon. (laughs) When um. He says that I kind of uh, lift my my left hand up, the one that's got the new gauntlet on it, and I kind of like <laughs> face palm. Um, there. <laughs> you face palm your gauntlet, yeah. Because <laughs> the other hand has my uh, soup spoon in it <laughs> that I still haven't gotten to eat any of the soup. You guys start to hear playing, like a guitar starts to strum uh, as Tom is talking about there being a dragon. I didn't know there was another bot around here. 
Oh yeah, he's uh, the maestro of the area. He, he, he pops in and out. Good player. And I kind of do an upwards nod towards him, as I said that. You're looking around the room and you can't find him anywhere, but you can definitely hear the sound of, uh, like, you can tell that it's his style of picking, but it's just kind of wafting through the air. Well, when I look up and nod and, and then notice that there's no one there, I kind of look around to see if anybody saw me do that and then <laughs> <laughs> go back to normal. Why don't you, uh, why don't you make me an insight check, Falk? Ooh, a 19 on the die. Today I'm using uh, a blue cloudy die. (laughs) I thought that was going to be a much more technical explanation than it turned into. (laughs) You know, we don't have nearly enough explanation of which dice we're using. We we really need to incorporate that more. I usually use my solid purple ones. Alright, so, uh, Insight is plus four, so, uh, yeah, 23. So you, you almost, uh, you get this feeling that, that it's almost like a, I'm always watching type of thing going on. I'm always watching. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck, dude? Was that in character? That was a Monsters, Inc. joke. I got it. Oh, okay. I thought it was a Tom Waits joke or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like the slug like dinosaur monster lady. Mr. Wazowski. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you got oh. it. That's the one. <laughs> so Tom, uh, Tom says, how the hell are we supposed to sort out the ethics and morality of one blood sacrifice over possibly several when we're the ones making it. Is it is it best to save the population of a small town by the price of a bandit? Who are we to say? Should we put it to a town vote? Uh, that might not be a bad idea. You know, that way, you know, the, the folks that would get it affected by it the most would have at least a little bit of a say in it. You think these folks are going to want to be sacrificed? They're going to take the least amount of death they possibly can get. It's the elvish god. Maybe we should ask one of the elves to sacrifice themselves. Ah! It doesn't sound like an elvish god that I've heard of before. Um... Oh, well, these were a race of uh, underground uh, elves that, uh... Ah, uh, yeah, they were weird. Yes, uh, the uh, I've heard of the drow. They uh, they aren't anything to be trifled with if you can avoid them. Well then, that doesn't sound very encouraging to me. Awaking their god. I would say if you found a half spider, half elf down in a cave that needs to be awakened with blood. Probably not a good idea. Well, unless we can recruit that dragon, then the alternative is to have this mysterious being up in the sky turning us all mad and causing people to rip limbs off and explode. So as you guys are sitting there, um, you notice that 
the man in black does actually walk into the doors and rather than his normal rather than doing what he normally does where he'll walk in he'll tip his hat to Miss Polly and make his way straight for the dais and sit on his chair and just start playing instead he comes straight towards you guys and sits down at the table and he uh okay so before you describe the rest of this I had finally went and uh, <laughs> was going to eat the first uh, spoonful of my soup. And then as soon as he sits down at the table, I like kind of spit it up a little bit. <laughs> he uh, sits down and he tips his hat to you, Alivari, and uh, looks uh, from Falk to Tom and says, Good afternoon, everyone! <laughs> I am hard, Wyatt! Are you done? Hey, I just remembered I, I gotta go do something else, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that joke's over. I'm... Thank God. Oh, that was a joke? Oh, my bad. <laughs> I got confused for a second. I thought that... Uh, anywho. At first, <laughs> I couldn't tell which one of you was doing that. <laughs> Ditto. He says, uh... Y'all look troubled. I nod. Uh, hello. I'm Alivari. Nice to meet you. I'm afraid I've never had the pleasure. Call me Wyatt. And he reaches across and, like, holds out his hand flat for you. Can I investigate, uh, like, what his hand looks like under close inspection from, like, a, you know, across the table's distance? Um, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Make an inspection or an investigation check. (laughs) (laughs) What the? My die went into the dice tower and got stuck. (laughs) It, like, like somehow cocked itself sideways right as it went through the little tumbler thing in there. Never had that happen before. It's like when the basketball gets stuck in the rim. It's inscrutable. You are unable <laughs> to even gaze yeah. upon the skin. Uh, goes blind. <laughs> 14 plus 5, so a natural, or um, a dirty 19. So you notice that uh, that he's holding out his his left hand. And so you can see that there's deep calluses, you know, from him placing the tips of his fingers down under the strings. And they're definitely not the hands of a working man, but there's still, you know, fairly large calluses on them on them from playing. Uh, other than that, they don't really look too incredible or anything like that. And Olivari he just touches you for a second. Like, he doesn't shake your hand or anything like that, and uh, what would you say uh, would be your most surface-level thought right now? Combination of if he's a bard, maybe I can sing with him. Um, How do they know him? And I'm probably still upset about the doppelganger. (laughs) Okay, so he looks at you And he says, uh, Miss, we can absolutely play together at some point. These gentlemen and I, we have uh, had what some would call a very complicated relationship. And I do not believe that your last lead died with that doppelganger. 
Oh, it's one of those relationships. I gotcha. <laughs> and that's a little bit freaky. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going on here. What do you recommend we do? Let me ask you a question, Tom. Let us say that there are five children in the path of a speeding carriage. There is no more driver. Do you let those five children die or do you sacrifice those horses by shooting them? That's not the same comparison. Isn't it, though? Isn't that Baggio character basically an animal? Not in the eyes of Ernie. (laughs) Oh, right. Fair enough, Tom. Fair enough. Well, Tom, couldn't you cast hold person on one of the horses and then the whole carriage would just stop abruptly? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all are really missing the point. In, in this little parable that I'm trying to tell y'all and <laughs> I supremely regret sitting down here at this very moment so if I'm understanding you correctly going down and, and doing a sacrifice to this, this elf thing is gonna save lives in the end well she is queen of the demons You know, these things that are going on are affecting everyone here. That includes you. I don't understand why you're having us do all the manual labor around here. Tom, that's a fair question. Now, when you wake up from a long slumber, like let's say you were a grizzly bear and you hibernated and you came out of your cave for the first time after a long winter, right? And let's say that in front of you is a rabbit but just beyond you can smell a wounded deer are you going to chase that rabbit or are you going to find yourself a meal for the next two, three, four maybe even a week so you agree that you should come out of your cave you really are an idiot aren't you uh Wyatt, if if we were to release that that thing from in the caves, um, is that going to even help me and my partner here with solving the mystery that that we were tasked here to to solve, or is it just going to play into this much greater game that's kind of above us? The issue that you gentlemen have it can be fixed in multiple ways I'm not sure I have the capability because I'm not sure with whom the agreement is but what I do know is that woman she is going to you know what I am going to tell you a piece of information but you are going to owe me a favor beyond and I do not know what this favor will be but I am going to give you the biggest break that y'all have had I I look over at Tom kind of uh, concernedly well 
I don't know what choice we have. Obviously, we need one of these magical giant beans on our side, and frankly, I trust this one more than any of the others. You shouldn't. Then I retract the statement. (laughs) Right now, our, our needs are mutual, and if you can keep them that way, I'd be much obliged, but something tells me somewhere down the line... We ain't going to see I die anymore. Mm, I wish I knew where Ernie was in all of this. Your God doesn't give a good damn about what's going on here any longer. You haven't figured that out by now? A decade ago, I would have rolled my eyes and said something that I would probably regret. But today... I'm just not so sure. Yeah, I've always been kind of agnostic myself. He uh, he looks directly at you, Alivari, and he says, I trust that your friends and I have an agreement. You are a demon lady. Why don't you make an agreement with the dragon? What? Okay. I didn't ask for an agreement with her, did I, Tom? You will use politeness when we are conversing. Or I will eat you, sir. Also, I think from her perspective, we kind of glanced over the fact and just kind of brought it up casually. Um, yeah, Wyatt is the, the, the dragon that we found in the mines. And um, that, that should probably bring some context to this conversation. I, I kind of look over my shoulder after I say that, <laughs> realizing that all those words just left my mouth. <laughs> well, they... Um, ha- you know what? I've seen some shit today. I ain't even gonna ask. <laughs> You're the one that they're trying to make a deal with. Or or one of the ones. Something I'll like lie. that. Mr. Wyatt, how much time will you allow us to decide? I'm not playing with you, Tom. I'm not here to provide you amusement. I did not show up here as some sort of get out of jail free card tell me now so uh, if I attempted to um, like communicate with with my new patron would I be able to do that like um, subtly and without anybody else noticing okay so what's your uh, what's your question to your patron then um uh, should I trust this guy? Um, you know, what would you have me do? A oh, uh, wondrous voice that I heard in the great beyond. So uh, your spoon that's in your soup, you see it just start to move just a little bit and it kind of rotates like just the end of it goes and points at Wyatt. Okay. Um, I, I kind of like do the most subtlest nod. Like, kind of with my eyes closed a little bit and and in my head say the words, thank you. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm cutting the shit, Wyatt. We'll do it. I I put out my hand to shake his hand. He shakes yours and he looks at Alivari and he says, Glabrazu. And he walks out the door. God bless you. (laughs) 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 Um, anybody else 
have a clue what what that means. You can make a knowledge, you can make a history check or a religion check, or I'll even let you make an arcana check, whichever you prefer. Uh, okie doke. Well, it's a 14, regardless of which one of those I go with. Okay, so you know that Glabrazoo are... They're definitely in the upper tiers of the demons. Uh, as far as you know, pretty much only Balors are above them in like the hierarchy and stuff like that. You know that they're, they're incredibly magical and that they... They love bargains. Like, they love to make deals with mortal creatures and then twist them into their own sort of, uh, sort of, uh, evil machinations. So, there, there's these demons that, uh, basically, they just, they really like playing with mortals and they, they make all kinds of uh, terrible bargains. Like, the mortals, when, they, when they're making the bargain, that sounds like a good idea until, the other shoe drops and then shit goes sideways and things are just terrible. So I, I don't know if he means that that's the the voice that you're hearing or, well, I guess it probably wouldn't be the elf lady. It's probably the so, voice you're hearing. Uh, yeah, like demons aren't exactly my specialty or anything, but um, aren't like, don't they have to come from somewhere to to get onto our plane? Like, they don't normally exist here. As far as I know, um, it does take a, a special uh, opening between the planes to get a demon here. Um, it depends on, on the kind of magic and the kind of creature. I, I know my mama, uh, she came over. I don't know what plane she originally was on, but uh, she's stuck here now. For some reason, she just can't get back. So I, I know that's a possibility. I just don't know where they would come from originally. So we're looking for a rift then. Most likely. Yeah. And probably a person. Because I doubt this thing is just running around like, you know, looking like a fucking grotesque thing. So, demon girl... How would you like to pay Marie a visit? Call me Demon Girl one more time. <laughs> <laughs> why Why do you think I need to pay her a visit? I need you to see what's in her house and see what she's hiding. Well, I, I suppose I could go try to make up for your dumbass mistakes. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got an idea. I wonder if you suppose that, uh, that, uh, the nuisance, he might be able to sniff it out like a dog. What, what's a nuisance? <laughs> He's a friend of ours. For all we know, nuisance is a demon himself. Wait, I, I thought you guys didn't like demons. And he's a friend of y'all's? No, this one's cool. We taught him how to shoot guns. It was really awesome. He had, like, a whole <laughs> cave full with, uh, a bunch of, of, you know dead bones and stuff and, and like writings on the wall but um but he's one of the good ones he's just a little bit weird but uh his face kind of even looked like a dog so that's what had it popped to mind there oh very well <laughs> perhaps we'll go back to the canyon I I kind of pull my hat down over my head and just <laughs> with the memories going through my mind
Uh, I go to finally um, take, you know, a, a bite of my uh, soup or whatever, and it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> I still eat it, but I kind of frown as I do. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so, Igmet, we are uh, we are flashing back in time a little bit, um, and you are currently dragging this doppelganger by the... Uh, by the ankle and you've got in in order to carry this head because it doesn't really have any hair and it's it's kind of a little bit too big for you to palm like a basketball so you just put two fingers in like it's the lower part of its jaw and your thumb into like its neck hole basically and you're just kind of carrying it around in a bowling ball grip and uh you're at you're at the door of the shop and why don't you go ahead and make me a perception check all right 16. So you can't recall if the door was like this from Tom or what's going on, but you do notice that the, uh, that like the, the latch and the frame from the handle, it's definitely broken as though somebody kicked it in maybe, or like they shot it in or something like that. All right. Um, I'm going to kick on doorway and, uh, Mr. Portnoy, Mr. Portnoy. So you go inside and uh, you do see that uh, that everything else seems to be relatively in order. There is a bunch of glass on the floor and uh, and stuff like that. But like all of the guns seem to be relatively where they're supposed to be. And uh, you hear a little bit of noise uh, coming from the back room, but uh, you don't hear anybody shout in uh, response or anything like that. Um, can I make another perception check to see if uh, what's going on? Or investigation? Yeah, go ahead. Perhaps. Either one, sir. Yeah, whichever you'd prefer. Oh, they're the same. Alright, that's a 19. Okay, so you see that, uh, again, everything just seems to be relatively in order, um, from how you kind of remember it the last time that you were in here. And <clears throat> you're kind of looking around and and just kind of, you know, sifting through a little bit of the glass and, and just kind of doing your due diligence to make sure that you don't miss anything. And the door opens uh, to the back room and you see Mr. Portnoy's old face uh, peek out and he looks up at you and he goes... Did you see to Rebecca? How is she? Is she doing all right? I did. She's doing just fine. When the fuck is that that you just dragged into my shop? That's, <laughs> that's why I came to you, Mr. Mr. Portnoy. Um, we got big, big trouble. And I still don't know where the deputy is. Uh, but I thought you should see something. And um, I beckoned him over to the corpse. And I kick the neck area uh, and point out the consortium symbol. Well, it's uh, it's on his chest, so you kind of like just oh, tow oh, him over oh. so that he kind of flips onto his back. Yeah. And there's a reveal, um, and and the old man looks at you for a second, and he kind of scratches his face and looks back at you again and says, uh, "What am I looking at, son? I don't." Un- what well I don't understand. Around town there's been uh I don't know if it's some kind of 
monster or whatever this here corpse is, but it it could pretend it, it could change how it looked and it would run around causing trouble and it would look like me. I don't know why, but that is the consortium's symbol on this here monster. And remember, we now, heard from the... Boy, boy, oh, now, please, I, I'm not trying to tell you that you're being alarmed for no reason, but one of the things that you do have to understand is that symbols like these, when they can get a bit of weight around them, people tend to appropriate them for their own purposes. And they're not necessarily associated with the original creator, if you, if you, if you catch my drift. All right. Well, I, I suppose that remains to be seen what this really means. But it's still a big threat, wouldn't you agree? These these monsters coming into town. I, I don't disagree with you, son. I'm not trying... Again, I'm not trying to... I've been alive for a long time. And out here, it's not an easy life. One of the things that you learn is that if something's coming to take you, it's coming to take you. And I'm ready for it. And I'll fight like hell for it. Or with it. I should say, rather. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like like I believe in this, this boogeyman that is just going around and murdering people when they don't pay up their money, they're loaning, you know, all this gold that they just magically got from Ernie knows where. I, uh, I look around and then I point to the broken glass and, um, what happened here? Your fucking idiot friend happened here. (laughs) (sighs) I'm sorry. I, uh, Need to keep a tighter leash on those two, don't I? Well, I was thinking about it, and I—I I mean, whatever that—that—that that, that golden creature or whatever it was, it needed to be put down. And I don't—I don't approve of his methods, but I do approve of of, of the protection that uh, you gentlemen and and. And your lady friend, I've been providing this town. Well, we're trying our best, and we might be a shit show, but besides your son, that's all the town really has. And to be honest with you, uh, sir, I'm glad those things are shooting at you instead of me, boy. I'm sorry, you probably don't even know how to respond to that. I, I shouldn't have even said that. That was, that was rude of me. No, no, it's your boy. And uh, if I had a boy, I'd I'd want a tusk face to take the bullet instead of him too. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he kind of chuckles a little bit, and uh, he says, uh, "Well, I suppose I should probably try and fix the do- the locks on me door then, if uh, if the boogeymen are coming to get me, huh?" I reckon you best do that, yes. Now, I was wondering, I went out to the mine, oh, and and don't worry, I'll get this, I'll get this body out of here in just a minute, but, uh, 
I went out to Fillmore's mine and I got this here hammer and I take it out of my pack, um, the adamantine hammer, and I hand it to him. And uh, I hear this metal, I think it's called adamantine. I hear it's really strong. Are you familiar with it? I am, boy. It's uh, quite expensive and very difficult to work with. Have you worked with it before? He uh, he kind of holds out his hand to, uh, like, basically see if maybe you'll hand him that hammer. Yeah, I, I hand it to him. I'll be honest with you. I haven't, uh, I haven't had much opportunity, but, I mean, you get it hot enough, you hit it hard enough, and it should fold like any other metal, you think, right? I imagine so. Well... So what are you thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're a busy man, but, uh... I got a bit of gold stashed away, and, well, I, I think it might make a good weapon. Um, and I point to one of my tomahawks, and, um, and I say, you think, and I can pay you, um, you think you can make me a, a proper tomahawk with this here metal? I don't think that there's enough material here for me to make the to make the haft of it out of metal, but I can definitely get you a blade and attach it to something else. I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I really do. Um, and the, the handle can be whatever you think works, works best with it. So here's what I'm thinking then. I'm an old man now. I'm not as good as I used to be. And I'm pretty sure I can do it, but I do want to give you the warning that I mean all this material might be it might be lost so how about you leave me the hammer and we can talk about payment if I succeed that's fair that's fair but uh how about I uh could I ask you a favor Mr. Ork absolutely let's say that uh that these boogeymen do show up. Let's say that they burn me shop to the ground, drag me through the streets, and, and do whatever it is that these brigands are known to do. Make sure that, uh, make sure that me kids stay out of it, huh? Well, sir, I don't know what the deputy will do. I, I'm sure he's compelled to try and help protect the town. However, I promise you, nothing will happen to your little Rebecca. And while you might not uh, put any weight into the word of a half-orc, I do give you my word that nothing will happen to your youngins while I am still alive. He kind of uh, he kind of nods a little bit, and, it, and the nodding sort of increases in speed. And he says, "All right, as soon as I get this door repaired, I'll uh, I'll go straight back to, or I'll go straight back to the forge and try and melt this thing down and get something made for you as soon as possible." Thank you kindly. And um, I pick up the the head and the corpse and walk out. Okay. And uh, what do you want to what do you want to do next then? Um, I'm gonna go over to the jail. Okay. 
it doesn't take you that long to wander across the square and you go in there. And uh, just to let you know, um, Boris is still in the jail. Uh, Deputy Portnoy is definitely not there. Um, mm-hmm. If just for reference, you wouldn't know this, but Deputy Portnoy is still at the church with Pastor Breakfast. Okay. But you notice that Mark Baggio is awake and you also see that Ingrid is is just sort of rocking slowly in the corner of her cell like she normally is when when she's awake and uh Boris uh looks up at you and goes, Hey there, Ingrid. Uh how can I help you with something? Um, have you seen the deputy? What in the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you remember that, uh, <laughs> you remember the the thing that looked like me that was running around? You had to chase it? Well, that thing doesn't look like you at all. I know, but it, it had some kind of magic, I don't know. The, uh, the tiefling caught it, and well, I don't know why she didn't kill it to begin with, but I took care of it. A, a prudent choice. Um... Can you open one of these cells? Uh, I, sure. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And he he uh, digs through the drawers, and you can tell that he clearly has no idea where any of this stuff would be stored. <laughs> and isn't the roof <laughs> collapsed in on this building? Oh yeah. Uh, oh. Oh shit. The cells are still intact, though. If you guys remember, it's not like basically just like part of the roof was collapsed in like the area that's over the kitchenette um portion oh okay because if you recall um ingrid and mark couldn't escape even after you got uh thrown out of the thing because remember his uh his cage got knocked open and he sort of like went over and just closed it back up again (laughs) i definitely remember that being a gag anyway um So eventually, uh, with enough looking around, Boris uh, finds the keys and he says, "You want to throw it in with the other body?" Uh, is there a, is there another empty cell? Yeah, there's the there's the cell that's in between the dead body and the living people. So I mean, yeah, I'm gonna put it in the spare cell. Okay, <laughs> you make sure that. Miss Fillmore over here is taken care of, and, uh, well, I'm sure Bojo's just fine, ain't ya? And I kind of glare at him. Oh, go fuck yourself, dear pal. And, uh, (laughs) 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 fucking, uh, (laughs) Boris looks at you and he says, uh, Mr. Rigmit, I think we could probably take care of Ingrid better if we you know, stop bringing in headless things and, you know, making her sleep next to him. Well, the deputy needs to see this. You don't think we could just tell him about it? No, no, no. He needs to see see it with his own eyes. He might know something more than I do. You're a curious man, Master Igmit. And he, uh, he kind of laughs a little bit and claps you on the back and, uh, and he closes up the cell and goes back to sitting behind the desk and uh, he says, you know, this is not too different from being a god. Stand around, be armed, open up cells. 
not so bad, except for, you know, everyone exploding and dying. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, actually, it is pretty bad that, now that I think of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I appreciate your help. You're, you're a real trooper. Um, and uh, I know the, the boys appreciate your help, too. And uh, I smack him on the shoulder, probably a bit too hard. Uh, and then I just walk out the door. Deputy Portnoy's risen today. Hallelujah. After her peat without much say. Hallelujah. Pete jumped off, but Tom was near. Hallelujah. Tom must have the needed cure. Hallelujah. Want more LCP D&D? All our info and content can be found through lcpdnd.com. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can share the show with friends or on social media. You can review us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you listen. You can pledge any amount of money at patreon.com slash lcpdnd. And you can buy LCP merch at sonerdware.com slash lcp. Regardless of whether you do these things or not, we would love to have you join our Discord server where we chat, post memes, and even play D&D together. Come play with us. The Discord link is in our episode descriptions as well as on our website. You can follow the show on Twitter at LCPDND. Tim Demuse, our DM, is Ida Grab Your Gun. Chris Riley, who plays Falk, is Chris Riley LCP. Wesley Sullivan, who plays Igmet, is Wide Wide Wes. Our guest was Kim, who played Alavari, and she is Metz Girl. That's M-E-T-Z Girl. She can be found primarily on the two podcasts Beholder's Eye and Service Desk. And I, Brian Bridges, the player of Tom, can be found on Twitter as at ManlyBrian and on Instagram as Brian underscore Bridges. And that's all for this episode. Until next time, may Ernie bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Uh, wisdom? Is that what that is? I'm looking. <clears throat> I'm looking at it up real quick. Uh, wisdom saving throw. What's the DC? My DC is... Oh, maybe it's changed. I don't know. Hold on. God damn it. It hasn't. Did your wisdom go up? No. Did your precision modifier go up? No. It's the same. I haven't looked to see if it's gone up or not. Why wouldn't you look to see? God damn it, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) You've had a look. (laughs) It's just those little numbers, Tim. He doesn't understand them. It's okay. (laughs) Spell DC is 15.